Welcome one and all, and thank you for joining us for another instalment of the I'll Try That podcast. My co-host this week is Joe Druitt. Hi. Thank you for that, Joe. Uh, And we are sampling and considering and tasting and having a right old look (laughs) at at Paulana Münchner Hell. Uh, Munich Lager or Hells, if you want to call it uh, that. Um, before we get into that, uh, I'm going to go back to my glamorous co-host, Joe, who's going to tell us about today's hot topic. Thank you, Matthew, for that sweet introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're most welcome, my dear. So, uh, so this week's hot topic, we're going to be talking about... Um, Predictions. I know we, we did some uh, some trends a few weeks ago, but we're going to back this up with some hard facts, uh, fact-based predictions. So um, You think Nottingham Forest can get promotion to the Premier League this season, don't you? I do too. <laughs> oh, I, think, I think the pundits are saying maybe not uh, on that one. Well, what do they know? But I, I'm, I'm sorry, I digress. You were probably going to talk about beer predictions, I imagine, weren't you? That's true. Let's keep it, it's, you know, let's keep it on, the, on the, you know, at least... Anyway. Another podcast for another day, that one. Anyway. Another one. All about the Nottingham Forest. So, uh, Budweiser Brewing Group, BBG, has predicted that 70% of beer consumption will be premium or super premium by 2025. Ooh. So, beer is going to be fancier, more up upscale, is that the word? Yes. And I think that's nicely segued me onto what I actually wanted to talk about, is how <laughs> redundant is the word premium? Like everyone is saying they are premium, so what, like, is that the baseline? What does it even mean anymore? It's one. Um, it's like luxury as well. Luxury, everything. No one's going to describe themselves as doing. Uh, we do bang average beer. We want you know. We use we use average ingredients. We yeah. use methods that are fine. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's exactly it, you know, and, you know, our price point is the same. So, you know, like... Yeah, and do you know what? Well, that you make... I, and I'm really liking this, actually. If 70% of... Um, sorry, was it beer consumption or lager consumption? Did you say? A beer consumption, just beer as the category goes. If 70% of it is premium... It's no longer premium, is it? No, exactly. It's <laughs> because, not like the definition of what is premium is like it's yeah. finite. It's like it's it's valuable. It has something yeah. that's harder to get hold of. But if we're, we're not going to differentiate between seventy percent of the beer that's consumed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just ch- just chuck that word in the bin. <laughs> that's it exactly. So I'll I'll kind of go in a little bit further about this about why they think that. So you know we kind of think this word is redundant, but let's go with them. Let's humour them for a little bit. Carry on with this report. So they're saying that COVID-19 has cemented a trend towards premiumization. Another great word that doesn't really have any meaning, premiumization. You're on the journey to being premium, hence you're on the journey for premium. Anyway, nonsense. Um, so it's basically saying that shoppers sought out known and trusted brands, according to them, throughout COVID-19. Uh, and according to them, the premium and super premium category is currently worth £3.4 billion, which is up 5% year on year. That's also, I kind of think that's, to be honest, it's probably about right, because it applies to a lot of things. But I always feel like they're going to, yeah, everything's going to grow and everything's going to keep getting more. And it's always going to be moving on up. House prices, the economy, everything. 
nothing's ever allowed to actually dip down a little bit. So they're kind of going, yeah, premium beer sales are going quite well. Um, so is only ever going to continue? <laughs> Surely there's got to be a point where, yeah. although did they say this was all meant to happen by, was it 2025? They said they'll be at 70% by 2025, but it's, you're right. It's, in, it's, it's never going to end. Everything is always going to be more premium. We're on this journey of premiumization, Matthew. Un- you know, unless... get on board. <laughs> I can feel myself getting more premium by the second. Um, But maybe, well, no, maybe BBG know some dark, horrible secret of what's going to happen in 2026 that's going to reset beer back to... The dark ages of beer. Just dishwater, dishwater in cans everywhere. um, And we'll have no more choice. That does sound like a doomsday reckoning. I mean, this whole like idea of, of ongoing premiumization, okay, it's linked with time by the sound of things. You know, they're giving a date of 2025, but like we're on this ongoing, ever pressing forwards, never ending, always bearing down on us of premiumization. And, uh, and it kind of feels like it's like an age thing, right? You know, so maybe are we saying as, as, as we as humans get older, we are also on our journey of premiumization. <laughs> That's philosophical. I quite like that. I'm not getting. Yeah, I'm not getting older. I'm getting better. Yeah, I'm getting more premium. I like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being more, I'm, more, more premium, and I'm yeah, I'm a more scarce resource the yeah. older I get. <laughs> I'm not quite at the super premium level, but I'll be there no, soon. Indeed. You know, yeah. give me another ten years. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I take, I think the word for me again. Everyone is always talking about. I mean, I, we, I talk work with um, these kind of brands on a daily basis, and you know, you when you pick up a brief from them and they have the word what are you trying to achieve and it's like oh we're going on a journey of premiumization we're trying to be more premium we need to be more premium it's like everyone it's just redundant like you know just what is it about you that's different like you know it's just uh it almost sounds it almost sounds like playground stuff doesn't it Mm. i'm more premium than you yeah (laughs) no i was premium first (laughs) and it's almost like if they don't say that's what they're doing then they aren't it you know, it's like... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, um, maybe, well, that's, I think that's a good way. If I had a... Uh, we're going to get really tired of this word now, aren't we? If I had a premium brewery, I think I'd look at them all and go, eh, you can all, you can all pitch yourselves at being, being premium, but we're, we're old school. We always have been, and we don't feel the need to tell everyone about yeah. it. We just are. That's where we are. Um... It's almost like the the ones that shout the loudest tends to be the ones that don't have as much substance behind them. It's like the the lady doth protest too much sort <laughs> yes, of thing. We're go. really, really premium. Honest. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask us any more questions, but we are. We're on a premiumization yeah. journey. What does premium mean? Oh, well, you know, we feel really passionately about it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's all been driven by COVID-19, you see, and it's all driven by beer consumption and, yeah. you know, and, and COVID. All I can tell you is we are on the path. <laughs> How can you be on the path if you're a premium to begin with? Don't be difficult. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Okay, well... uh, What that means for the rest of us, I'm I'm curious about. Is it... Does it mean that people... Or breweries with... (laughs) With less... Premium-associated beers... Like, start jazzing them up a little bit... And just give them a a sexy new... um, Label, or a sexy new bottle... Or delivery methods, as we talked about. Although that was more about brewing process, wasn't it? But yeah, um, yeah that'd be interesting to see how they change. <laughs> All the beers are just going to have sunglasses on from now on, or something. That's it. Or mustaches with uh, top hats and, and monocles. Yeah, yeah. That's now that's premium. But that's premium. <laughs> there's there's the snippet for the teaser right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, lovely. Well, we now move on to the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Paulana. Um, interesting beer. Um, I seem to have... I, I, I've known about it, never really drunk very much. Um, I, I recognise the distinctive, quite large bottles. I can see them on shelves. I think I used to stock it in a, in a pub I used to work in. Um, and this is, from my understanding of it, and actually maybe this could be a journey of not premiumization but discovery. And okay. I always understood Paul Allen to be old school, proper, well, I'm sure they will pitch themselves as us, but the uh, a, a Munich Hells, but like a real purist's lager. Right. Is that fair to say? Oh, you're absolutely spot on, because the first factoid I'm going to hit you with, Barbara, mm. is the fact that it is brewed according to Bavarian law of purity. Now, we've talked about this before, the very mm. strict laws of beer, uh, purity laws that the are in Germany, and that means that it's only using water, malt, hops, and yeast. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's been some plagiarisation in the, <laughs> They've the, all been copying for this homework. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And then everyone's saying, you yeah, know, we came up with that. There's a bit of a theme of, of, of everyone doing the same thing. So, sorry, that was... The law was, if you want to make beer, you're only allowed to make it with the These ingredients four ingredients... Uh, yeah, exactly. It is base level. There's a lot of different, like, subcategory, like, rules and all this kind of stuff mm. in, in, with these Bavarian laws of purity. Um, but yes, that is the, the four, that's the main takeaway is it's only made of those four ingredients, this beer. What was the fifth ingredient that someone added at some point later on? So Lots some law, people but... use rice, um, as a, like, a lot of the Asian, like, Asian style lagers will have rice infused in there as well. Oh, I um, love. We, there are some people made with love, aren't there? Um, here in the UK, we'll use barley sometimes in our uh, in our beer. Um, wheat beers sometimes use barley, wheat, obviously. Also, yeah, yeah, wheat beers, yeah, makes sense. But um, and that that's it's quite an old law, I think, isn't it? The, the the purity law. Well, that's it. I mean, this this brewery, Paul, did you call it Paul An Paul Anna? I'm I've been saying Paul Anna. Paul Anna. Well, I'm I always. Wrong mistakenly put a D in there so I call it Paulanda. So that's not right at all. <laughs> Paulanda. The less popular sequel to Highlander. <laughs> I am the only Paul. There could be only one. <laughs> Battle to the death. Um, but it is sight, which is of course German for since. Uh, <laughs> I've got a ropey A level in German. Um, 1634. So we've gone, particularly because we were talking about um, recently or maybe we'll we'll soon talk about curious this beer's been around a long time so mm. that's that's a good one we normally cover and I'll, maybe i'll have a little look at this to see uh who, who's got ownership of, of paulana but um you can only be around for for that amount of time when you achieve a certain level of um of popularity right well, you asked about who owns them. So Paul, uh, Paul Anna actually operates 18 breweries worldwide. It's all under the uh, Paul Anna Brauhaus Consult GmbH, which is their version of Limited. Uh, yeah. But they're a huge organization. Um, and so they're all over the world. You know, they've got breweries in China, Singapore, South Africa, um, and they plan to have... Uh, or they planned to have 33 locations by 2013. So um, I'm sure they've, uh, I'm sure, or hopefully they'll have smashed that target um, mm. because it's huge. And in, and I'll give you a little, another little factoid here. In 2010, the brand sold over 2.1 million hectolitres of beer. Ooh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah, that that's giving an indication of the scale, uh, yeah. and that's that's by virtue of having a shed load of breweries that's going to do it, and also in fairly populous areas, right? So mm. a bit in Southeast Asia as well. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So I I only know this beer. Obviously, I know it's like a, a Munchen, like a Hell's, like a, a Munich based Hell's, um, and what also happens in uh, in Munich is very famous every year. Oh, um, is it another knitting festival? That's it. The big knitting festival of Munchen. <laughs> Stitchtoberfest, Stitchtoberfest, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And uh, no, so you're right. It is, uh, we're kind of dancing yeah. around the point. It's Oktoberfest. <laughs> so it's the big beer festival called Oktoberfest that happens in September. Because obviously that makes sense. That and... should bring for, for everyone just these lovely, lovely images of giant beer tents um, huge long benches with people drinking out of enormous steins and um, I can't remember the, the proper name for the ladies who carry them who must have the most immense strength strength in their forearms oh to carry like was it eight like 16 16 of these steins I saw a video I think we we think maybe think of the same thing of this woman probably uh, she was I think maybe like 90 kilograms you know she's not a not not a big lady by any stretch of the imagination quite slight and she's just stacked like 16 however like all in in two hands stacked on top of each other and she's got a whistle in her mouth so she can she can raise people's attention to the fact that she is coming through with an enormous amount of beer I mean so impressive Um, and the reason why I kind of bring it up is because obviously Paulana is uh, is synonymous with Oktoberfest I think they're the the key sponsor of Mm. Oktoberfest you know but I also I have one of their Oktoberfest Paulana Steins or oh, Steins. Look at that beauty. It's Mahusif. Um, yeah, and it's got, it's one of the, it's inside was the biggest, is the biggest can I've ever consumed. That's a, that's a real can. It's a one litre can, which is <laughs> massive. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that, like, you can't, like, it basically only goes in these Steins because these Steins fit. Yeah. Yeah. So 100 milliliters to a litre and a litre. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, yeah. uh, and four, it also says here for Australia, uh, its standard drinks is four point seven units. So a, a liter of, of this Oktoberfest uh, Paulana beer is four point seven of your folks. Australian yeah. limits. It's funny though, because I mean, particularly with the, there is a real identity around that beer and and that that festival, like mm. whether. It's obviously a very different beer to the craft beers that are coming really popular at the moment, but like. If, even if this particular one isn't your cup of tea, you can't get away from how, how important this beer is and that the love for it is huge, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. indescribably so. No, I think you're absolutely spot on. It is a massive brand. Um, and I'm actually, you know, kind of tasting this because we've, we've taken a couple of sips while we're, we're talking here. And all the, as we talked about, it's a Hell's Lager. My Hell's Lager knowledge, obviously, apart from Paul Anna, I think of German style beers, but I'm also thinking um, Camden have a Hell's that's very popularized yeah. as their mm-hmm. Hell's one. And that's very crisp, but it's a very, like, quite a bold, like, lager flavor. Mm. Yeah. So I got really, <laughs> got really agitated the other day because someone asked me about the difference between um, lager, Hell's, Pilsner. And I completely was lacking the ability to articulate <laughs> the difference between them. Yeah. Um, um, particularly bitter hops, I think, are used for 
hells. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a, a, a hop, Halatal, I think yeah. is possibly where yeah. hells came from. Um, and it's particularly in that sort of um, Central Europe, I suppose, better way to put it. It's almost going into Western Europe, isn't it? Um, particularly yeah. in sort of that uh, Munich neck of the woods. But normally a hells yeah. as... And I think hell and hells can be used fairly interchangeably here. Mm-hmm. But normally has less str- a less uh, bold uh, hop flavour than, for instance, a pilsner. Yeah. So for me, I almost think of a hells as almost a very pure lager. Yeah. Okay. That's probably not not a te- technical description of it. And there is a really complicated uh, 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 definition of hells to do with um, the the gravity. Um, they're normally four and a half percent to six percent, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to do with the um, prior to uh, before they're fermented. Um, in my, in my kind of clunky brain, how I how I differentiate between a pilsner and a hell's just single out those two because all of them kind of fit within a lager yeah. kind of category. Yeah. Um, but so I always find pilsners are quite uh, a little bit crisper. They kind of have a bit more of that kind of like uh, like a distinctive taste to them. Um, whereas I find that la- hell's and they're usually hell's lagers. How they're referenced, they tend to have more of a maltier, almost breadier taste to them, almost creamier in some respects. Like, you know, it's that kind of like, it's got a little bit more. Where's the, you know, the Pilsner is like that, oh, you know, you, you it's crisp, it's clean, it's the Asahi, you know, kind of like crisp lager, you know, mm. whereas the, um, the, the Munich Hells specifically, I always find is more like that kind of more bodied, like creamier, like a breadier kind of, uh, like lager taste. I kind of want to put my hands up and say, I don't think this, just to extend on your point. Mm. I want to say, I don't think this, but (laughs) I, I am, I, I can, um, think of people I know, particularly the ones who would probably more readily reach for a Pilsner. Yes. Picking up a Hells. Yeah. And going and saying that it doesn't taste it very much. Yeah. Whereas actually it's just not quite such a, um, well, I, I think the the re, uh, received knowledge is that it's the the hot profile is a little more uh, subtle, shall yeah. we say? But I think a lot of them will just go, nah, it doesn't taste of anything. What a pilsner? Uh, no, a hell's. In oh, interesting. Pilsner. So That's I, personal experience. So actually, I mean, everyone's going to view it differently. I think I think people have. In, in, it depends on which hell's you're having, right? I think <laughs> yeah. that we're obviously we're talking about this like tried and tested been around since 1634 uh, you know they, they've never changed the recipe as far as I'm aware um, you know and it's very distinctive whereas I think my go-to would be the Camden Hells um, yeah. and that is almost like a crisp but you know kind of like well, tasting that lager one, that one I'm sure fact check fact check where's, where's, where's Richard when you need him I'm sure drinking to- cocktails Cam- in, uh, in Tenerife in Tenerife right now, I think. yeah I'm just really so and so I can't believe he's got the nerve of going to Tenerife instead of recording with us um, I'm sure I have got somewhere and I, I, if Rich was here he could fact check it for me but I'm sure that Camden Hells is a bit of a weird one because right. it is a Hells made with a Pilsner hop Interesting, yeah. So that be. might be. Okay. I mean, I I really like Camden Hells. Well, that's why um, it's got a more of a crisp palate, which is what I'm yeah, thinking of with yeah. that Hells. Whereas and this could, is definitely a more breadier, you know. Yeah, I always yeah. say creamier, but it's not. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's more. It's got something else to it. Mm. Um, so oh, sorry, it's not an episode about Camden Hells, but that one because it kind of mm. potentially bridges the gap. There could could be a secret to the success, if you see what I mean. 
Um, so looking at, I guess, the, the packaging, it obviously looks incredibly uh, dated. It's probably a fair traditional. Yeah, sure. It, premium. Um, no, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> It's all the it's, journey of premiumization. It's, it's premiumizing its own way. Um, but no, it, it's definitely standing the test of time. I mean, their like, main logo is this circular roundel with Paul Anna munching round in this blue kind of circle. And then it right slap bag in the middle. Do we think that's a monk, a priest? Friar. A I was going to say something along those. Yeah. yeah. There is a monastery in the back, I believe. That would make sense. So this must have been a, uh, a, a, a monastery brew back in the day. I mean, talking 1635, it would have had to have been. Yeah. There was no, like, big brewery, like, corporate breweries back it then. Wasn't, it was it wasn't hipster-brother combinations. <laughs> yeah, right true. Brother, actually, is a good word, I suppose, in this, in this context. But the main people making the beer were, yeah, Franciscan monks and the like. That's it. So, um, so yeah, so it's, 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 I don't know, this yellow color that they've got, which is quite interesting. Um, I'm sure it's like plastered everywhere, but when I think of Bavaria, obviously the Bavarian flag, you know, that blue, white, um, it's checkered, I think is the right way, where it's the yeah, squares. It's, yeah. Um, and if you go on their website, they are the main title sponsors of FC Bayern München, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, they sponsor Bayern Munich. Anyone football else club. It, really. Yeah. That's it. We're drinking the Münchner Hell. Yeah. Um, they do a vice beer. They do a, a 0% vice beer. Mm-hmm. Do a vice beer dunkel. So that's dark, isn't it? Dunkel is Correct. just dark, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, I can't get my head around what that, that will taste like in, in truth. Uh, I have had a dunkel. I before. love a dunkel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really charming nickname as well. Um, <laughs> the Münchner Hell, and they also do their Oktoberfest beer. Which is the one that I've got in that Stein. Yeah, that was a litre yeah. can. Um, and they've got this Sel- Selvator, whatever that is. Oh, I must have missed it. Uh, it's the father of oh, all strong beers, it's referred to. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> you almost uh, spat up your Paul Anna then. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds appalling. Um, to be, that, that, sound, that description you just gave sounds like it is a beer that wants to be taken seriously. Okay, so this is uh, Paul. Uh, this is not what we're drinking right now. I'd love to get my hands on this though. So it's Paul Anna Salvatore Double Bock. Okay, so it was the Paul Anna monks who invented this bottom fermenting Double Bock. We have been brewing the Salvatore for over three hundred and seventy-five years, always according to the original recipe, which has been continuously refined over the years. The head is the color of caramel, and the beer is chestnut brown, combined combined with a seductive flavor of chocolate to give a pleasing intensity of the palate. Uh, often it, uh, imitated but never duplicated, the father of all Double Bock beers, whose name whose names always end in at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I learned a thing, by the way. Bock is, a stru- is an, an old traditional strong German beer. Is that right? Is, be- yeah. is Bock. Well, what yeah. is Superbock then? The South African uh, beer. Y- yeah, just really good Bock. But it is a, <laughs> it is. It's a Bocking good beer. <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, that's, I don't know, it surprises me because I didn't think it would be a, a, a lager style, which a super bock is. Yeah. But um, I'd heard of uh, my bock, which is... is <laughs> now you're making May. that up. Yeah. No, which is, is May. It's May bock. It's the, the beer that came in May. Oh, okay. So it's called my um, bock. Yeah. And there's, <laughs> but yeah um, there's my bock, there's your bock. Um, 
Yeah, uh, but that's still... Oh, maybe we'll have to answer that on a future episode. Yeah. Why is Superbock... I think they are. Maybe they are just lagers, but... Oh my goodness, this is this is good. We're going to finish the episode on a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to do one more thing before we jump off on this. Um, by all means, yeah. So, you know, we, we purchased this uh, these Paul Annas from um, Majestic Wines. And uh, this is a wholesaler here in the UK. And I love that they, they basically go through the trouble of giving you um, tasting notes or descriptors of their... Don't tell them that the listeners will know how we do all of our episodes. <laughs> if I'm quite honest, I think if I, I'm going to read this out to you because it's hilarious. Um, and uh, as in, like, you know, the, what they've done for, for, for Paul Anna makes sense. But, you know, what, some of the other descriptors are hilarious. So I'm going to just read out the Paul Anna one to give you a set the scene about what to expect from these majestic wines, like descriptors. Okay. So this is the Paul Anna uh, Munchenhell. It's a beer with heart. Paulana reflects the way of life of typical Munich folk like no other. In fact, it's the most popular beer in Bavaria. It has the perfect balance of maltiness and bitter hop notes that hasn't changed for decades. Okay. Oh, I like that. And also vindicated what I said earlier about bitter hop notes. There you go. I'll give you another one. Sounds like a musician, but yeah, go on. Okay. Ice, four kilograms. Handy cubes to put in drinks or chill your bottles. <laughs> what? <laughs> Please tell me you're winding me up. No, they've gone to the effort of describing ice to someone. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Is that what... I've got this box next to the fridge. It's really cold in there. And there's this, these lumps of stuff in there. Is that what that's talking about? <laughs> that's it. Well, they are what? handy cubes to put in your drinks or chill your bottles. <laughs> Get out! That's not written on a piece of paper. <laughs> but I, 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 I kid you not. That's exactly what's there. Oh, it's brilliant. Flippy, flipping neck. Bloody Nora. So good. Um, it's what ice is. It's what ice is, mate. It's actually. Did you know that it's something to do with water as well? I heard ice. Ah, uh, yeah, but water's like a liquid, and ice is is like a hard, solid thing. So I don't well, know how the two. Can what's be mist then? <laughs> I don't know. I tried to catch fog the other day. Missed. Um, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no cheap shot. Oh, sorry. I oh, was a good one the other day. So, so, to the person who stole my trainers and my high-vis jacket, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> I love that. That was really good. Um, um, should we do uh, numbers? Uh, let's do the numbers. So, uh, Paulana on Instagram, they have 112k followers. Mm, yeah, well, that's uh, we knew they were popular. Well, that's it. I mean, they've been uh, they've been on Instagram before Instagram was even a thing. <laughs> on Instagram since sixteen thirty four. Wow, <laughs> they've been accumulating those numbers for a time. Um, and then on Twitter, they've obviously pieced it up between countries. So the UK has uh, uh, six hundred and thirty two followers. I don't I can... think you're following them on Twitter for anything that interesting. Yeah, I keep that keep. I keep thinking about that. I can get how the breweries are on. On Instagram, but like Twitter, seems like a strange thing for a brewery to be on. It's yeah, like, I guess bloody, unless you've bloody got COVID, one. lockdown again, FML. <laughs> <laughs> I guess unless you've got like a tap room where you need to do like more like regular and updates events, and stuff and things. Thing. But yeah. yeah, for a brand like that, doesn't really make sense, does it? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Paulana Hells It's a taste of history, I think if they've really refined the taste over time, but it's very similar to what it must have been back in the day. And yeah, a bit of a, a bready lager. 
This experience has been a positive one, I would say, and I really, really, really want to get to Oktoberfest now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bitter. Yeah, bitter. Classic. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>